Shabbat Shalom. I want to thank the many hundreds of you and members of our congregation who sent me notes and cards and letters of condolences in memory of my mother. So many of you took the time to write words of comfort. So many sent generous contributions. I'm touched and deeply moved by these gestures of support and affection. And I'm struggling unsuccessfully so far to find a way to respond to everyone who reached out. Stacks and stacks of cards and letters and emails from around the world from people I haven't even been in touch with for such a long time. They're piling up on my desk and in my computer. You should know that I spent time on every message, every word of comfort you offered me and have noted with gratitude every contribution. You've strengthened me, and I'm deeply appreciative. There's nothing in all existence like a mother. Motherhood is among the foundational pillars of the universe. Khalil Gibran wrote, the most beautiful word on the lips of mankind is the word mother. And the most beautiful call is the call of my mother. It is a word full of hope and love, a sweet and kind word coming from the depths of the heart. Everything in nature bespeaks the mother. The mother is everything. She is our consolation in times of sorrow, our hope in misery, and our strength in weakness. She is the source of love, mercy, sympathy, and forgiveness. He who loses his mother loses a pure soul who blesses and guards him constantly. My mother died in late May. It's sad to die in May when nature explodes with color, abundance, and vitality, when the earth restored from its winter bleakness beckons hope, vigor, and potential. In May, we can finally say, along with the poet of the Song of Songs, lo, the winter is past, the blossoms appear on the earth, the flowers in bloom give off their fragrance. Let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. It's sad to die in May. This is the harvest period for our people, the season of the Omer, when we count down the 49 days between Passover and Shavuot that begins tomorrow night. It's sad to die during the counting of the Omer. Passover represents the promise of life. Shavuot represents its fulfillment, the full blossoming and maturation, symbolized by the abundance of barley and wheat that overflow their bushels during the harvest. It's sad to lose a mother when Mother Earth itself is most fertile, when the fruit hangs heavy on the trees, the mountains drip with wine and the hills wave with grain, and the air is filled with the perfume of life. 
There's a lilac tree in Central Park that I pass every day on the way to the synagogue. It's on the northeast side of Sheep Meadow, near the Le Pen Quotidien. To call it a tree is actually a stretch. It's really a bush. It's an ugly sort of thing, short and stubby, entirely unremarkable, undistinguished, unassuming, uninspiring, uninteresting, unbecoming, unnoticeable, really. Except that once a year, in late April or May, it blooms. This year, the flowering came late, I guess because of the relative cold and the rain that lasted through much of the spring. When I left for my mother's funeral, the lilac was blooming. When I returned this week, the blossoms were no more. That's the thing about this lilac tree. The flowering season is so short, perhaps two weeks, no more. But during those two weeks, there's nothing like it. That shrub that no one notices the entire year transforms into an exotic, aromatic, intoxicating wonder. You can get drunk on the perfume of the lilacs wafting through Central Park, emanating from this one little bush. To drink in the scent of the lilac tree in May is to worship the God of life. It is to see the face of God and to hear God's voice. Little flower, but if I could understand what you are, root and all and all and all, I should know what God and man is. All winter, the lilac withstands the indignities of indifference. No one stops to admire. No one stops to marvel. No one stops to notice. All winter, the lilac tree faces the elements alone. The bitter cold, snow, rain, darkness, and dreariness. But all winter long, the lilac tree is preparing for spring. All winter, it is summoning its resources, gathering the nourishment, and timing its metamorphosis. We don't notice, but it's occurring just below the surface. And so the real marvel is not the actual two weeks of blossoming, Lilacs exist for that purpose, to color and perfume the landscape for a few brief moments in season. The real marvel is that such a delicate-looking creation survives the winter. We can learn much from the lilac tree. The season of our blossoming is short, but oh so sweet. The magnificence of the season depends on our capacity to withstand the harshness of winter and the indignities of indifference. Strength emerges from adversity. Beauty is the consequence of tenacity. Winter gives meaning to the lilac tree. 
As long as there is life, as long as there is potential of another growing season, the flowering in the spring depends on our capacities to withstand the winter. It's darkness that gives meaning to light, fallowness that gives meaning to growth, loss that gives meaning to gain, sickness that gives meaning to health, death that gives meaning to life. And we learn something else. Permanence is not what we yearn for. Everything is transitional. All that lives must die, passing through nature to eternity. We yearn for beauty, not permanence. We measure life not by the length of the growing season, but by the richness of its colors. Our years are limited. Three-score year and ten, for those especially blessed, four-score year, perhaps a bit more. Our season, like the season of the lilacs blossoming, is ever so brief. But in truth, if the lilac was in bloom all year round, after a while, no one would notice. It is the shortness of the blossoming season and the rarity of the sight that causes us to be so profoundly moved. If everything stayed the same, if the tree was always in bloom, it would lose the power to impress us. The most precious thing in life is impermanence. The most interesting thing in life is contrast. The most certain thing in life is uncertainty. And therefore, we pray not for certainty, but for strength. We pray for the ability to endure and for the capacity to anticipate renewal even in the winters of our discontent. And we learn that change is the fact of life. We learn that mortality is the price of life. And we learn one final lesson. The season is short. Stop and smell the flowers. Yes, there's work to be done. There are responsibilities to address. But don't spend your entire life working and planting and preparing for the next season. Enjoy this season, too. Enjoy the harvest, the results of your past work, the seeds you already planted that are nourishing you now in your relationships with your families, your friends, your community, the bushels of blessings overflowing with goodness. Say a prayer for life. There is a special prayer mentioned in the Talmud to be recited only once a year upon seeing the first growth of spring. I think about this prayer whenever the lilac blooms. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam shaloch chiser be'olamo davar uvaravo vriotovot ve'ilanotovim 
Praised are you, O God, ruler of the universe, who did not leave anything lacking in the world and created in it good creations to give pleasure and meaning and love to human beings.